Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became like dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure when he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with them. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified, and they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent in all those, in, and in those days told no one of any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, Thanks be to God. You might have heard me tell this story before, but it's, it's really one of my uh, favorite experiences in my entire life. Uh, just after graduating college, uh, my wife and I, we uh, were able to go on this trip to the Holy Land, to Israel. And it was just a phenomenal trip. We went with one of our uh, New Testament professors who uh, once lived in Israel, studied there, and, uh, and one of our pastors at the time. It was just, I mean, a magnificent experience. One of the, I mean, the countless stories from there that I could uh, bring up, but one of the most memorable experiences from that time being in Israel was when we went to, uh, we went to the town of Bethpage. And... Uh, if you don't recognize that name, let me give you a little context. This is the place uh, where Jesus cursed the fig tree. Uh, we were at this place, and it's a place just outside of Jerusalem. It's kind of on a hilltop, and, and if you're standing there, you can kind of look to the right, and you can see Jerusalem kind of slanting up this hill. And if you look to the left, there's this oddly shaped mound. And just next to it, there is a little bit of a risen plateau there. And, uh, and it's an interesting scene, all the more so when uh, you start to consider uh, what exactly happened at this location. This is the, this is the location where Jesus says, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, where after cursing the fig tree, the disciples asked how this was so, and Jesus says, by faith, by faith it's so. Um, and this isn't the first time that they've been on one of these mountaintops where they've uh, had Jesus talking about faith. In fact, in our, uh, the end of our transfiguration story, as they come down the mountain, they're met with this uh, man whose child is possessed by a demon and convulsing. And, uh, Jesus, and the man says, your disciples weren't able to cast out this demon. Can you do it? And Jesus does it. And the disciples asked, how were we not able to cast out the demon? And Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to say uh, to this mountain, move from here to there. Well, standing at uh, Bethpage, uh, the disciples heard another uh, time where Jesus says, if you, if you have faith, 
then you will be able to say to this mountain, throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Well, this context is very important with uh, this description because I, I don't know about any of you, uh, I feel like I'm a person of at least a little bit of faith. Not a lot of faith. I, I definitely have my, my shortcomings, but at least a little bit. And I've stood at the foot of a mountain and I've said, move. And it didn't move. It was a very perplexing experience because I feel like I, surely I've got a little bit of faith. Um, Well, that's not what Jesus was really talking about. You see, during this time, whenever Jesus and his disciples were standing in Bethpage, they're about to enter into Jerusalem uh, over to the right. What they can see to the left is a whole bunch of workers moving a mountain. Okay, so uh, this time, Herod is the king of the region and everything, and uh, he was a very, well, not very, but fairly paranoid person. And so he wanted to build this fortress inside a mountain. And they found the pers- perfect mountain just outside of Jerusalem where they were going to build this. Uh, in fact, you can go visit it today. It's called the Herodium, named after Herod, you know, figure. Uh, and, but, but whenever they picked out the mountain, Herod, you know, it was the perfect mountain, except Herod said it was in the wrong place. And so Herod takes all of these laborers and makes them move a mountain. And it's not very far if this, if the Herodium is about right, if you're, if you're looking out this way, right, and your Jerusalem's over that way. And the Herodium you'd see like in that corner right there, you can look just a little bit further to the left and there's that plateau where, they, where, the, where that mountain was, once was. So Jesus is telling his disciples about being able to move mountains with faith as they're watching people move a mountain. Here's the thing though. During you know, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have these big bobcat excavators and dump trucks and all this stuff. And have that kind of equipment. So, how do they move a mountain? One bucket at a time. Bucket of dirt, pick it up, move it over here, dump it out. Go back. Bucket of dirt, pick it up, move it over here, pour it out. And with one bucket at a time, they actually moved an entire mountain from over here to over there. And so Jesus... This is the context that that Jesus is talking to his disciples in. They're watching people move a mountain. And so the connecting point that he's trying to make here is we move mountains by faith. And that faith looks like one bucket at a time. Now, later on in this trip, uh, we were actually in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is a... It's a fascinating city, but it's a little tense. Uh, And it's because there are multiple religious groups that exist in Jerusalem. The the three dominant religious groups are we have uh, Muslims, Jews, and Christians uh, all in this city. And they all uh, lay claim to the, uh, what's what's currently called the Dome of the Rock, uh, the second holiest site in uh, Muslim heritage, uh, formerly the place of the temple, holiest site in uh, Jewish tradition, uh, and also, uh, by extension, Christian tradition. And so there's a lot of tension around there. And so uh, 
you know, we were having a conversation with our New Testament professor one evening, and I just kind of said, what do you think it would take for, uh, for all of these people to kind of reconcile their differences and be able to get along in this city? And he uh, sat and thought for a second, and he said, one bucket at a time. Because that's how we move mountains, one bucket at a time. But here's the thing, one bucket at a time is not something that just comes naturally to us because each load that we scoop up in that bucket is a choice. And every step we carry that bucket is a choice. And the place where we choose to dump that bucket is, you guessed it, a choice. And so it's, some, it's a moment of intentionality followed by another moment of intentionality, followed by another moment of intentionality that it takes to move mountains like this. Right now, our world is seeing another one of those conflicts uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. There's no doubt this action uh, should be condemned on all fronts. There is absolutely no reason for, for this happening. And people ask, you know, what would it take for there to be actual peace in the world. You'd think we'd get over this whole war thing for whatever reason we haven't. Well, it's because it takes one bucket at a time. And it takes a lot of people being willing to choose one bucket at a time and then to intentionally choose to take that bucket from one place to the next to carry that their entire lives. This right here is the metaphor you will, for our faith. Faith, if you remember uh, the first Sunday of February, we started talking about faith as an intentional choice. Faith is something that we have to choose. It's not just something we naturally have. It's not something that we possess, and once we have it, it's never going away. Faith is something that we choose. And then last week we talked about how faith is something we choose each and every day. You have to wake up the morning of every single day and say, I choose faith. And to get through that day based on that choice. Well, I'll tell you now, it goes a little bit further than that. Faith is a moment-by-moment choice. And it's a choice that we make constantly. Every single action we do, we have the opportunity to consider it an action of faith or an action of selfishness, an action of disregard, what have you. Every single one of these choices is a choice made with the possibility of it being a choice of faith. And last week, we, uh, you know, I brought on the whiteboard. I don't have it with me this week, so there wasn't much to draw. Uh, but brought on the whiteboard, and we did Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, right? And we talked about how, uh, how faith is set up to change our focus from being on our needs, my needs, to being on communal needs, everybody's needs. And, and it's very difficult for us to be able to say, okay, now I've got to think about, like, all right, Mobile has a population of several hundred thousand people. Like, how do I start choosing all of those people's needs? And then, you know, we get into the global population of over seven billion people. There's absolutely no way I could ever conceive of that. We're not supposed to. But just consider, oh, man, I should have brought the whiteboard in here. Could have drawn this out. 
<laughs> but just consider that you are one person and you care for two other people's needs. And then those two other people go and care for two other people's needs. And then those two other people go and care for two other people's needs. And we start seeing how these moment-by-moment -moment choices start to expand out across the globe. If we were just willing to care for a little bit more. But here's the thing. One person doesn't move an entire mountain bucket by bucket. It takes many people with many buckets moving a mountain. And so, yes, caring for the world's needs is an enormous mountain that you or I would never be able to accomplish alone. But that's faith. In a moment-by-moment -moment choice, it's not meant to be something that we do alone. That's the whole reason for the church. We're a community of faith, right? That's the church. And as the church, we're not meant to just be isolated in our faith, but rather for our faith in those moment-by-moment -moment decisions to acknowledge there's something more than just what I want. Peter has to face this, uh, this conflict uh, whenever they're on the mountaintop with Jesus. Peter, James, and John get, taken, get welcomed up onto this mountaintop where uh, Jesus is praying and suddenly he's transfigured. Somehow his face changes. Don't know what that means. That sounds terrifying. Like, did it, did it morph into a different shape? Or is it just, like, glowing? Like, what's going on? I don't know. All we're told is it changed. And the clothes he's wearing start uh, glowing. Uh, they're radiant, whatever that means. And then, all of a sudden, two dead people show up. And not just any dead people, but some really dead people. Like, thousands of years old dead people show up. And that's also kind of concerning because now they're all talking together and it's like a normal conversation. And, and we're not sure how much time has passed, but it's uh, enough time for Peter to not really be sure what's going on. He's trying to figure out what on earth. And so just before Moses and Elijah uh, are about to disappear, he says... This is pretty good. Let's take a moment. Let me build us some tents, which, by the way, the Greek word here is tabernacles, uh, meant to represent the, uh, the tabernacle that the Jewish people traveled around with that held the Ark of the Covenant. Let us build some tents for, for what, one for you, Jesus, one for Moses. Can't believe I just said Moses. One for you, Elijah. Oh, my gosh, Elijah's here, too. And, and we'll all just hang out for a little bit. And at that time, uh, Jesus says, or the, Moses and Elijah disappear, and there's this great cloud that uh, shows up, and they're all enveloped in it. And the voice of God calls out, this is my son, the chosen one, listen to him. All right? And that's important. Listen to him, because that's what we kind of need as uh, Christians. That whole expression, Christian, means little Christ or follower of Christ. You can't follow somebody without listening to them, without paying attention to what they have to teach. And so, he's, so God says, listen to him. And Jesus is trying to get the disciples to recognize something far more important than this whole mountaintop moment in which Jesus is weirdly changed in appearance and two dead people show up and they're all talking casually. There's something more important than that. 
And here's the unfortunate thing that Peter didn't want to hear. It doesn't lie at the top of this mountain. It's down the mountain. It happens when we get back to where the people are. It happens when we get back into the midst of the community. Because as soon as they get to the foot of the mountain, guess what? They're met with something, another need that needs to be attended to. A father whose child is in deep distress. And the attention changes from what Peter wants and what Peter feels like he needs to what somebody else really needs. And it's a moment of transfigured, if you will, transfigured faith. Where it becomes another choice. A choice to go down the mountain, yes. A choice then to turn our attention back to the needs of the community. Another moment-by-moment choice. The mountaintop experience was important. It was meant to encourage their faith so that in the next moment, their faith could make a difference. Because after uh, that father with his child had their moment, they go on and there's another moment that needs their faith and needs their attention. So I need us today to recognize that intentional faith is faith that makes the most of each moment. And a moment is so fleeting. And a moment is so impactful. And a moment is so transformative. A moment can change everything. Our entire world can be built up in a single moment. Our entire world can crumble in a single moment. That's all it takes is one of those moments to change everything. But we need to understand what makes those moments so powerful. Can anybody guess what makes those moments so powerful? Mountaintop experiences that inform our choices. Our choices make those moments so powerful, so impactful, so life transformative. And so when we choose faith, and that's what we have to do, it's not something that's just going to be handed to us, something that's going to be forced on you. It's not going to be something that, oh, I found faith whenever I was a child and it's just with me forever. It's something that we choose each and every moment. When we choose faith each moment, then we're able to work toward a transformed world. When we choose faith at each moment, we shift our focus from simply our needs to the needs of a community, to the needs of the people, recognizing that I'm not the only one in this world, and recognizing that we're better together, and recognizing that if my neighbor's needs are met, then my needs are equally met. Did you know that we would have uh, a much healthier community in our world if we actually just gave money to people who are poor? That it would like resolve hundreds of issues in our community if we just gave money to people who are poor? Backed up by research and people, communities that have actually done this. If we shift our focus and make choices of faith each moment, 
to focus on our community needs, we change everything. When we choose faith each moment, we pick up our own bucket to start moving mountains. There are a lot of mountains in our world that need to be moved right now. A lot of mountains in our world. Did anybody see this week the article that WKRG put out about the uh, community in Africatown? There are people just right there who are calling out for our mobile, our community's help because of ecological disasters that are striking their community right there. That's a mountain in our very own community. And our faith is a bucket. And every single moment we get to choose, are we going to move mountains today? Or is this bucket just going to be another stool for us to sit around on? And in our world, there are many more mountains. And yes, it's going to seem overwhelming at times, and that's why we don't do this alone. That's why we don't stand isolated with these buckets. We are a community of faith where each of us has a bucket. And if each of us chooses faith each moment, and it has to be each moment, then we can move mountains. But it has to be each moment that we choose faith because we might choose faith at the beginning of a mountain moving project and then at some point along the, moment, the, along the path when we're carrying our bucket from here to there, we could say, you know what, this is too much. I'm choosing myself. And we can set our bucket down right there in the road and go on and do something else. It has to be something that we choose moment by moment. And it has to be an intentional choice. It's not something that we choose willy-nilly. It's not something that we just choose flippantly. Like It has to be something that we really see making an impact, something that we really see the benefit of, something that we know is what we are called to do. It's an intentional choice made moment by moment to transform the world one bucket at a time. So my challenge for each and every one of us, myself included, because my goodness am I guilty of uh, neglecting this. My challenge for each and every one of us is to choose faith this moment and the next. This moment and the next. And the moment after that. And the moment after that. Because we have far too many mountains in our world that we are just watching sit in people's way. We are watching people crushed under the weight of these mountains. And we have our bucket of faith and we simply sit around on it. It's time for us to choose faith this moment and the next and start moving mountains. Let us pray.